Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 860. We're starting off with an owl story again this week. And last week's show, we shared some good news about habitat protection for the northern spotted owl in the northwest. One part of the story concerned the fact that in addition to habitat challenges and other things, that species population is also jeopardized by the increasing presence of this bird. The barred owl. We're mentioning this because for anyone who's seen a barred owl down in Mexico, you can add another species to your life list because the bird has been split into two species. The barred owl and the one in Mexico, the cinerus owl. Researchers from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and the University of Colorado Boulder said the split was based primarily on differences in vocalizations. Well, the following item fits into two categories. One, our In Case You Missed It department. And two, our We Meant to Do the Story Last Week department. And we do have an update on the story. It's about a greater roadrunner, a bird that thrives in the harsh environment of our southwestern deserts that took an unusual trip this month from Las Vegas, Nevada to Westbrook, Maine. Yes, in the middle of November. Sounds like a backward migration of some sort, except that greater runners don't even, uh, road runners don't even migrate. So what happened? Well, this bird apparently hitched a ride in a van owned by a couple who were moving to a new home in the Northeast. They discovered the bird as they were unpacking, took it to a re- uh, rehab facility. Folks there said the bird arrived in pretty good shape. And here's the update. The bird was returned to Las Vegas on Tuesday where it was released in the same spot where it jumped into the main bound van and the roadrunner was seen sprinting away from its cage when it was released. There it goes. And on to our mystery bird contest with a preview of what's coming up. On our mystery bird contest a bit later on, our bird is a medium-sized raptor. Its broad, rounded wings have a dark brown and white checkered pattern above with reddish-brown shoulders and rich orange barring below. The medium-length black tail shows narrow white bands, and it fans out when the bird is soaring. Our bird feeds mostly on small mammals, lizards, snakes, and amphibians found in bottomland hardwood stands, deciduous swamps, and mixed deciduous conifer forests in the east, oak woodlands in the west, Many birds of the species migrate to southern states in Mexico in the winter. Those on the west coast, uh, they tell us, don't generally migrate. Some clues there in the sound of our mystery bird and some wonderful prizes here, including the Droll Yankees' new generation metal finch sock. This is a beautiful feeder with a beautiful yellow top and base. It offers the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal. You can put this on a pole or you can hang it either way you like. And our bonus prize. This is a beautiful thing too. A $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books. Home of the largest selection of birding books 
one of the largest selections in the world. And if we get to our bonus question, we'll do a prize, too, from our friends at Wisdom Supply. They make all those wonderful things for school and office with no plastics and stuff. Really beautifully, environmentally friendly. On our bonus question, if we have time for that this morning. Meanwhile, we're big fans of electric vehicles around here, mostly because of their positive and essential contributions to a healthier planet. The newly passed $1.2 trillion infrastructure plan includes the creation of a network nationwide of electric vehicle charging stations. And here's a sign that electric vehicles are really coming into their own. Various states, including California, New York, and Michigan, are setting up efforts of their own is one thing. And Motor Trend magazine this past week named the, the new Lucid Air pure electric vehicle its car of the year. Not electric car of the year, car of the year in competition with all other passenger vehicles. That's pretty cool. And here's something really cool. It's uh, our, more of our Talking Birds ambassadors who are listener volunteers helping us get the word out about our show and about birds and conservation. And thank you to Cindy Marisick from Katona, New York. She's been listening to us for about a year, she says, catching up on older episodes. She says, I live in Summers, New York, Excuse me, and I have two and a half acres, and my garden is bird-friendly, so plenty of opportunity to listen, enjoy, and take photos, which I love to do. Thank you so much, Cindy. And thank you to Sean Cochran from El Cerrito, California. He says, I'm an ER nurse who discovered my love of birds during the early days of the pandemic. Birding has been a source of calm, hope, and inspiration during stressful times, your podcast has enriched my birding experience from learning new species to hearing important news and conservation to making me feel like a part of a community at a time of isolation. That is so nice. Thank you so much, Sean. So Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a part of our Ambassadors family. Pretty easy to do. Just go to the Get Involved tab at the top of our homepage at Talking Birds. Still to come on our show today, speaking of California, that's where he is. We'll welcome superstar birder and bird ID guide author Richard Crossley and learn about his latest book. We'll also check in with Mike O'Connor, himself a highly regarded author. Now let's ask Mike live segment on his take about uh, binoculars and such. Kind of a follow-up to last week's show. And up next, a bird that says its name and inspires songwriters is today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Lots of folks have sung about today's featured feathered friend, the Eastern Whippoorwill. It got a mention by Elton John in his Philadelphia Freedom, by Fats Domino, and the Smashing Pumpkins in their renditions of My Blue Heaven. And who could forget Slim Whitman's Whippoorwill Yodel? The Whippoorwill Yodel. Whippoorwill. The Eastern Whippoorwill is a well camouflaged, medium sized night jar with mottled brown, gray, and black plumage, a large, rounded head, long, slender, pointed wings, and a stout chest and a body that tapers to a long tail. Among its North American relatives in the Capromulgidae family are the common poor will, 
the common and lesser nighthawks, the common paraque, and the chuckwill's widow. The eastern whippoorwill feeds by foraging for insects at dusk and dawn, and even through the night when the moon is bright. And the whippoorwill will lay its eggs in phase with the lunar cycle, so that the eggs hatch about ten days before a full moon, when the adults can forage all night, sallying out from perches to scoop up insects in flight in their gaping mouths to provide food for their nestlings. Sadly, the eastern whippoorwill's population has suffered serious decline in many areas, due in large part to the loss of open understory forests through fire suppression and conversion to agriculture, cattle pastures, and suburban development. This bird, by the way, used to be known simply as the whippoorwill, until in 2011 it was split from its close relative, the Mexican whippoorwill, as a result of DNA testing. Although the eastern whippoorwill is not a songbird, its call serves as a song as it repeats this famous phrase for hours on end during the breeding season. The eastern whippoorwill, Capromolgus vociferus, today's talking birds, featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number 860, and thanks for being with us. Richard Crossley is an internationally acclaimed birder and photographer and author of the award-winning Crossley ID Guide series, and he's joining us here this morning to talk about those books and his newest one. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Ray. Wonderful to to have you with us. Thanks for being up early in California uh, this morning. So, Richard, your unique ID guide style is really pretty amazing to see and um, quite enlightening to anyone who hasn't seen a a guide like this. So you have not one or two pictures of a particular bird species, but a dozen or more. Tell us about that. Well, I think if you're going to practice at anything, you want to make it as lifelike as possible, right? Mm -hmm. So... Basically, I'm actually looking outside my window now and I see everything in focus from near to far. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to replicate what I see. And of course, practice makes perfect, right? So the more images you put in there, uh, the more you can practice. So my books are, are basically a halfway house between the old school field guides with a side on white backgrounds and what reality is. Um, So that's, you know, they're very, very difficult to make, and that's the big problem. Nobody else is crazy enough to put in the time, (laughs) the money, and everything else that it takes to to do these. So unfortunately, they were the first, and I was hoping every book would be the same way because it is the right way, but I have a feeling it'll be the last as well, you know? Well, I don't know if anybody wants to take 10,000 pictures as you did. You took almost all of the pictures in this newest Western guide uh, and about 10,000 of them, right? Yeah, well, it wasn't 10,000, Ray. I wish it was. It was oh. closer to a million I actually took. <laughs> I, I chose near, nearly 11,000 out okay. of them, yes. I take all the images myself. Wow. And um, so I really, like an art, any other artist, I have an, a mental image of 
how this bird lives, how everything's connected, its personality, if you like. Mm. And um, so birds for me are a bit like people, you know, they're a size and a shape and we behave certain ways, you know, much less emphasis on color. And um, so, yeah, I go out and try and take these images that capture the essence of the bird and then I paint in pixels. Mm, painting in pixels. So different lighting, different backgrounds, different poses. So, as you say, you really get an idea of what this, any particular bird really, really looks like. So, your new book, The Crossley ID Guide Western Birds, covers, if I have this right, Colorado, and New Mexico, up to uh, Montana, Canada, and Alaska. Yeah. And you describe it, too, as a work style, or sorry, a workbook style book. How, how, does, how does that work? Uh, do your homework. Well, being from England, oh my goodness, we were shot if we took a book out into the field. <laughs> You're only allowed to take a field guide and, a, sorry, a notebook and really mm -hmm. look at what the real thing is. Mm -hmm. so no book is like real life, even mine, you know. Um, <laughs> so you practice in the field. Uh, with a notebook but you have to practice at home so you get yourself a glass of wine a pint of beer or whatever it is <laughs> get in front of the fire and you do your homework and so you're prepared when you go out the next day you can leave it in the car do the same thing but it's too big to carry out in the field and that's not by accident <laughs> yes uh, and then you can do more homework when you get home all right. Yes. Yes. That you'd have to have some large pockets for this uh, for this ID <laughs> guide, for sure. So a glass of wine or a pint of beer, and uh, in front of the fireplace and practice up and get ready that way. I got it. It sounds pretty good to me. You say this book, uh, Richard, is for beginning and um, intermediate birders, right? Yes, yeah, so that's that may sound interesting because my books have way more information and certainly visual information than any other book by a long way. Mm -hmm. um, but what we learn is that really these partial pictures that are most field guides are really bad news. You know, so the experts like that because they can fill in all the holes, mm -hmm. the habitats, the behaviour. They know them, but but for a beginner, intermediate birders, they don't. So it's the opposite of what most people thing birding is remarkably difficult yeah, so yeah. when we give this sort of incomplete partial picture showing side on and just some patterns of colors it's really giving beginners and even inter intermediate birders really no hope of being successful hmm. expert birders use these other clues habitat behavior um, you know and see how everything is connected Books don't show that, and you know, it's my dream that that will change, not just for bird books, but how we educate kids particularly, but people, that we show the complete picture, not this partial, confusing picture. Mm -hmm. You have quite an elaborate introduction in, in your book about how to bird, and uh, maybe that's the most important part of your book. I think you've, you've, you've said that, in fact. Give us some idea about what's included there, if you would. Well, just everything, you know, so I, I'd looked at all the other books. No, no other book had, until mine had actually talked about how to be a bird like the very best birders. Mm -hmm. So my book shows, tells about the complete picture. So if you want to be a birder like me and hopefully know what you're looking at, however near or far, this is what you need to do. It's based on how, how the rest of the world, particularly Europeans, bird. The birders in Europe are far better than over here. I know people don't want to hear that. 
but uh, they look at birds like we do at people size shape behavior patterns of color and how they're all connected to how and where birds live and uh, that complete picture is really important so we talk about how to do that mm-hmm. by the way just to mention other id guides uh, that richard has uh, created include eastern birds waterfowl raptors britain and ireland and he's co-author of the Shorebird Guide. And you're also the co-author of another book, uh, Richard, Ornotherapy with Holly Merker and your daughter, Sophie Crossley. And Holly was on the show with us uh, a few weeks ago talking about that uh, remarkable book. And on your, on your website, we see these words to describe your love of birding in the outdoors. Crazy, wildly passionate, driven, and single-minded and yet, <laughs> and yet, you're very tuned into the idea of how making a real connection with nature and how that can provide us with a healthier, more fulfilling life is possible. Um, and as you say in your uh, your author's notes, this is ornotherapy, and we all need it. Absolutely, we do. And so the ornotherapy guide on the surface looks very different to the ID guides, but it's really exactly the same. So the whole goal is just helping people connect to nature better. Forget all the lists and and, and charging around that stuff. It's really birding begins for me out of your window as I'm looking here. Actually, the house I live in now was chosen because of the windows, mm. and you know it's great for birding right right outside the window. And so, uh, learning to really get be a voyeur of nature is really important. It's that connection to the bird's personality, how and where they live, that for me is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Not colors and, and lists, mm-hmm. you know. So um, there's a lot of emphasis on that. But for me, it's learning the bird's personality. You don't need to know its name. Learn how it lives, where it lives, what time it comes into your garden, uh, its behaviors. You know, the name comes later. later. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, think of birds almost like people. And that's how I see them. And, uh, you know, I'm just really blessed because I got birding when I was seven years old. I actually grew up on a farm and I feel so lucky to have been brought up in the right school of birding and just my appreciation of, of nature in general, uh, I feel is, is really good. Uh, but I'm not a lister. I don't have any lists <laughs> okay. at all. Well, so, this, will re- this will require names, but what, what are you seeing outside your window right now? Uh, there's a lot of Oregon juncos, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we've we've had a few pine siskins, mountain chickadee. Uh, it's a little quiet, to be honest, because mm-hmm. often it's mayhem out here. <laughs> we get Anna's hummingbirds still coming in, mm-hmm. even though I'm up in the mountains. So to me, I think it's fun working out how many are here, which is confusing sometimes, but how these little Anna's hummingbirds, the mm-hmm. water's all frozen in my pond, but mm-hmm. these Annin, Anna's hummingbirds, you know, they can hack it, they can do with frozen weather so that's just remarkable to me mm-hmm. richard crossley's latest book is his crossley id guide western birds you can find signed copies of the book and many others and lots of other information about birds and richard's work not just find those but get those uh, buy those books at crossleybooks.com crossley with two s's and ey at the end crossleybooks.com richard will be following you and thanks for being with us Thanks. My pleasure, Ryan. Uh, All the best to all your listeners, mate. All right. Thanks again, Richard Crossley. Coming up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. 
The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. That would be about enough. Thank you. We, uh, that's our mystery bird. Yeah. Wow. Before we get into the contest here, a great holiday special we want to tell you about from our friends at Birds and Beans. Here it is. For $120, you'll get 12 12-ounce bags of birds and beans coffee. Ground and ready to brew or whole bean if you prefer. That's a savings of more than 25% on triple certified shade-grown, Smithsonian bird-friendly, USDA organic, fair trade, and great-tasting birds and beans coffee. We love it around here, and you will too. Order the 12 by 12 holiday special today at birdsandbeans.com that's birdsandbeans.com it's our mystery bird contest you just heard the bird beautiful prizes from droll yankees and beautyo books and maybe wisdom supply if we get to that bonus question with enough time it's a medium sized raptor broad rounded wings that have a dark brown and white checkered pattern above reddish brown shoulders and rich orange barring below the medium length black tail Narrows, uh, has white bands, narrow white bands, and it fans out when the bird is soaring. Some of the, uh, some of the clues there on our mystery bird this morning. So let's see who uh, may have an answer to uh, what that bird is. We have, we have, uh, we have, we, let's ask Mike. We have, let's ask Mike coming up next before we do that. Is that right? Yes. Isn't it funny how I forgot that? Boy, Mike is going to be upset because he's on live today, so um, he's going to really take it out on me. Anyway, as I was saying, uh, we'll do that, but it's uh, Let's Ask Mike Live um, in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all, along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for, in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. My name is Robert Stephenson. I am calling from Clarkston, Washington. One of the things I like about being a Talking Birds ambassador is the conversation that it generates with other birders. I would encourage others to become Talking Birds Ambassadors. It's very easy to do, and you'll have your cards and be Talking Birds right away. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our Ambassadors family at TalkingBirds.com. 
Well, there's that music for Mike O'Connor down there at the, my good friend Mike O'Connor down there at the uh, Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Mike, I, I, I don't want to say that I forgot you this uh, morning, but uh, I, I guess I did, but I'm sorry about that. A little, little too much partying last night, Ray, was it? There's just some wild birding, that's all, up there in the north shore of Massachusetts uh, yesterday. That's what, that's what it was. That's all it, uh, that's all it takes to, uh, to throw me off, apparently. But, Mike, last week we talked uh, with our optics expert, um, Adrian Lisak from Vortex Optics, about binoculars and scopes. And, and I know you sell those things in your store, so you, uh, you have some insight about binoculars and scopes and what... what folks should buy and stuff like that, right? Well, we're right. Adrian's right. And he, he represents a good company. That's a really wonderful company. Um, but th- for some reason, there are binoculars that people, um, I think you even said it, like you see in the back of magazines that people still want to buy. And I get, <laughs> I get this question a lot. They, you know, the people want these so-called zoom binoculars yeah. because spotting scopes, are, you put them on a tripod and they zoom into the target and you get high, get high magnification. So people think, okay, let's get that in binoculars because I don't want to carry around the tripod. I don't want to spend that money. The trouble is zoom binoculars are just so much that they're just totally inferior to uh, regular binoculars. They're kind of a gimmick. They're kind of like those, mm. like, like those things like you see in the back of the magazines yeah. and they they also because magnification is something we had to has a limit of being able to hold in our hands most people can hold about an eight magnification and then after that it becomes difficult to hold it steady so if you zoom in the image with these gimmicky zoom binoculars, the image becomes larger, which is nice, but also becomes dark, grainy, and because of the shaking in our hands, and we all shake, even you know, even when you're sober, Ray, you'll shake a little bit, <laughs> so because of our breathing, and the image becomes jittery and mm. and, v- and not very clear. So here's right, get something a fixed focus, probably about an eight power, eight by forty two. You can go for a compact if you're doing a lot of hiking, maybe an eight by twenty five. And the twenty five or the forty two refers to the the objective lens, the big lens at the front. And so you can get something smaller, which is, which is fine. But stay away from those gimmicky kind. They, they used to they make these things called focus-free binoculars where there was no focus wheel at all. Please avoid those because they don't give you ability to, to make a crisp image. There's just a generic, everything is kind of, sort of, in focus. But it'd be like borrowing somebody else's eyeglasses. You need to make that adjustment. So kind of of, uh, avoid those because they're no good value. It, you know, fo- turning a focusing wheel isn't very hard. Not that hard. So, no. you know, if you can't turn the focus wheel, then maybe you can't, you know, shouldn't go for a bird walk <laughs> because that takes too much energy. And the last thing is, and he mentioned, and everybody says this, get the most expensive binoculars you mm-hmm. can afford. I'm not 100% sold on that idea. If if you are just, and I, and I think a lot of your listeners are kind of just backyard people and they don't really leave the backyard. They just want to see the cardinals and the chickadees then get something a little less expensive, and that's all. perhaps all you need. But if you do graduate and become one of these hardcore, you know, uh, Richard Crossley people where you go out in the field all the time, then you can upgrade your binoculars, but you have the less expensive pair to share with a friend or to keep in, you know, to keep in the house when you're going around. So that's all I got to say. That's Stay a lot. Zoom that binoculars was, yeah. And uh, if, if you're out birding and you see someone birding, ask to borrow this just to see if you like them. Okay, you, you said a lot. I'm going to listen back to it later. 
Yeah, write my name yeah, down so I, you remember who I, I am. I will, yeah. It's O'Connor, Mike O'Connor. Got it. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll talk to you next week, Mike. Okay. All right. Mike, guys. <laughs> Mike O'Connor down there at the Bird Watchers General Store. Back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. We're going to play this again, but softer this time because this is not, this is early for playing this uh, sound here. But that's our mystery bird. Seven eight one eight three seven four nine hundred is the number to call to uh, tell us what that bird is or take your guess. A drawing always determines our winner if we don't get a correct answer. Seven eight one eight three seven four nine hundred. And we have Bridget in San Antonio, Texas. Good morning, Bridget. Good morning, Ray. How are you? Good. I'm fine. What a beautiful place it is. I love San Antonio. San Antonio. Mm-hmm, oh, yeah, it's a nice place. Uh, Bridget, our mystery bird, you heard all that stuff. What do you say? Um, my guess is red-shouldered hawk. You are absolutely right. Red-shouldered hawk, beautiful job. We are awesome. so close to being out of time. Bridget, thank you so much for calling. And congratulations. Awesome, yeah, stay on the line there, and Jesse will get your info. And we'll say uh, thanks for listening to everybody else. And next week, the return of our resident reviewer, noted children's books author, Susan Edwards Richmond will take uh, give us her take on a new big big new book called The Complete Birds of the World Every Species Illustrated next week. Thanks for being with us and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com by Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Udio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Udiobooks.com.